0: What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Our Naked Story Podcast. We're going to start doing commercials first, so here we go. Today's episode is brought to you by Alpen Organics. If you are looking for a CBD company that is not only vegan, it's U.S. hemp only, it's third-party tested, no THC, non-GMO, and also a U.S. veteran company, then Alpen Organics is going to be the company for you because they got all that. That's exactly what they have on there, right there on the website. It's awesome. So my favorite lately has been the 2,000 milligram tincture. I spill a little bit on my tongue. It gets me all nice and relaxed and mellow and ready for the day. Anything can happen. And I'm just gonna be like, it's whatever. It's chill. I'm just chilling today. I'm not got my Alpine Organics. I'm good to go. If I'm out there in the in the middle of the woods, you know, freaking out because I'm by myself or something, you're good to go. You're fine. Look at the birds. Look at the trees. You're good. So they also have. So they have the tinctures. They have body creams, and they also have these. Amazing gummies. I don't know what they put inside these gummies. I mean, obviously, it's not crack. And I don't know why people make those comparisons. But I feel like if I liked crack, it'd probably be like crack. Because they're absolutely amazing. I could eat all of them if I wanted to. I'd probably get sick. Because if you eat a million or all anything, I think you'll get sick. But um, yeah, so go check it out, you guys. AlpenOrganics.com. And guess what? If you use offer code OurNakedStory, yeah, guess what? You're going to save 30% off on all of your order. Your entire order. You can order a billion things. And you're going to get 30% off of that. And if it's a Friday, you're going to get 40% off. So, oh, and today's episode is airing on a Friday. So if you're listening to this episode today, then you're going to get 40% off when you go to alpenorganics.com and use offer code story. So what are you waiting for? Like, like, seriously, what do you like? You should be on Alpine Organics right now, checking it out and, uh, and getting it. Also, you guys, we are also brought to you by Summer Moon Candles. Guys, listen, I was never really like a candle guy before. It was kind of just like candles are what you, you know, light when the lights go out and um i don't know some smell good some smell bad over at summer moon candles all their candles smell absolutely amazing and they got these cool crystals inside most of them or these cool like decorations in them and they also have these little wood or they're wooden wicks so while you're burning it if you're like sitting next to it reading like a good book or something it's going to feel like you're right next to like this little mini campfire they're absolutely amazing so just so you guys know summer moon wood wick candles is a mama owned and operated candle company born from a, born from a desire to create high quality all natural candles that are beautiful unique and good for the soul create a positive and ideal space for spiritual rest setting intentions with our crystal infused candles you guys like legit crystals inside these candles okay their candles are also poured or their hand poured soy candles and they're made up a hundred they're made with hundred percent natural crackling wood wigs adorned with a real crystal and dried flowers and fill your home with an abundant aromas and good energy. Why not? Okay. So just letting so you guys know, if you go on over to etsy.com slash shop slash summer moon candles, and you put in the code or coupon code, uh, our naked story, all capitalized just to exclaim things, you know, put them all capitals. You're going to receive 10% off of all your candles. And it's absolutely amazing. And the cool thing is too, this with everything going on, they're going to come straight to your door. You don't have to go anywhere to go get them. You just order them. You get 10% off, you wait, and then they come to your door and then you light it, and then you have an amazing time I and mean, whatever you're doing. You can read a book, maybe a little romantic session. I don't know. Whatever you want to do with your candles, do it. But I'm telling you guys, if you get these candles, it's going to it's gonna make your entire life that much better. You know what I mean? So yeah, you guys go check it out. It's etsy.com slash shop slash summer moon candles. Use offer code our naked story. No spaces, all capitalized for 10% off of your order. It's a no brainer. There's no brainers all day today. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know why people in the stars are saying oh, no-brainers. All right, I'm rambling again. Jeez Louise, I am a freaking rambler, man. Today's episode of the podcast, we speak to Hector Martinez. He is a nudist advocate for Mexico. Yeah, Mexico, the country right next door. Like, like right there. It's right there. And you guys, this guy, I don't know what I was really expecting. I mean, I expect positive things whenever I do a podcast, but this was just a mind blower, man. Like this was a really, really good conversation. I think we're kind of feeling each other out at the beginning because we never like, <clears throat> sorry, like actually met each other. But um <clears throat> after probably a good like 10 minutes, conversation really started rolling. And it got really good, very informative, and uh, I don't know, probably one of my favorite podcasts that we're doing or that we've done. So go check that out, you guys. Or not go check it out. You're checking it out right now. This is the show. So just uh wait one second. We're gonna put that little Cool intro, and then we're gonna start talking. It's gonna be awesome. All right, guys. Here is Hector Martinez.
1: There's a hurricane that is passing by and it went from like really, really weather to now really, really cold.
0: Really? Dude, it's like it's got to be at least a million degrees right now here in Southern California. Yeah.
1: Well, we usually have pretty nice weather, but right now, since it's raining season, it really mm-hmm. fluctuates. And the thing is, right now, with all those uh, coronavirus-like symptoms, mm-hmm. kind of get freaked out as soon as you start feeling <laughs> a cold or something.
0: Yeah. No. Exactly. Well, uh, so you were from Guadalajara, correct? Yep. Awesome. And um, if you don't mind, maybe you can just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know that we've, I I forgot who it was, but somebody actually mentioned you before. um, And we're trying to kind of look for you, see what was going on, because I know you're a big advocate in the nudist community inside uh, in in Mexico. So um, I I don't know, I think it'd be kind of nice to get to know you and kind of know some of your thoughts, hear some of your stories and, you know, kind of go from there. Sure. Well, uh,
1: my name is Hector Martinez. I'm 28 years old. I've had my first nature's experience when I was 24 um, during a world naked bike ride here in Guadalajara. And up to that moment, I'd never really considered the possibility of, you know, being in public or with other people nude. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I found out of the possibility, I was reading the newspaper and I found out I thought it was something really interesting and I wanted to give it a go. Mm-hmm. So the experience was truly life changing. never. I've never truly felt myself up to the moment where I started um, social nudity and that's because I feel like clothing is in a way um, something we use to convey a message about ourselves to others. So so I fell in love with the experience and I felt really sad when the event ended. I, I wanted to find a way to keep it going for longer and I wasn't willing to spend another year or wait another year in order for me to live an experience like that so i was searching around for a community and i found um the mexican nudist federation and they put me in contact with someone that ran a mesoamerican steam bath called a damascal that was clothing optional so i gave it a try and i i don't really like the ritual behind the Damascal. i've mm-hmm. learned to grow it uh, it's in like an acquired taste now because i've been so, to it so what reason, exactly
0: it, what exactly is the ritual um
1: well it's hard to explain because I, i'm not really an expert on that but it has a lot to do with the gods of the north and the gods of the south and like the different minerals fire and there's a lot of singing and things going on it's it's interesting um, yeah. but what i really loved about it was the fact that I can hang out with people without any clothes on and I met a lot of really cool people there so I fell in love with the experience and my fiance and I uh had our first experience around around the same time she didn't she never she has never participated publicly in the World Naked Bike Ride like taking her clothes off because it attracts a lot of unwanted attention from people that don't understand um what nudism naturism or anything or respecting others is about but mm-hmm but we both um started having that that interest together in a more safe controlled environment and after a while of going to this community we decided that we wanted to do other things um, without wearing any clothes on and that's when we um we started a community i didn't really know anything about naturism back then but i was able to find stefan deshine's podcast the naturist living show Mm-hmm. Um, and i I learned a lot. I learned a ton listening to his podcast and then um I got in contact with him as soon as I felt like we were ready to take the next step and start our own community and Stefan helped us with a lot of guidance and shared community standards and things like that. but his community standards were adapted to a landed club, and we didn't have a landed club. We had more like a event based community mm-hmm. um so we had to adapt, and from there on, that's that's when we started our community and NG. Um, we noticed that there was a lot of um, outdated ways of practicing naturism back then. Um, mm-hmm. People were very anonymous and secretive, and um, there was really no no content in Spanish. And the only thing that you would find online was, you know, porn or things like that. So I thought that it was a good idea if we started sharing the experience, because you can talk to someone and tell them what it's about, but it's still an abstract concept until they have the ability of seeing it, and even more when they have the ability of experiencing it. Um, But there's a saying in Mexico that says, uh, de la vista nace el amor, which means that love is born through sight, or created Mm -hmm. through sight, something like that. So it's basically, um, what we started doing, uh, sharing pictures first of people, uh, behind the camera, like not looking directly at the camera. Mm -hmm. And then the more and more people were willing to turn around, the more and more we started sharing pictures of like the events, uh, for, for frontal nudity. And that started giving good results. So it came to a point where we grew to the point that we wanted to have a landed club, um, or at least we thought we did, but <laughs> we we honestly were not big enough to run one. So yeah. um, I did a crowdfunding campaign and during that crowdfunding campaign, I was able to raise $4,000, which was a fraction of what I needed, but I did use those funds to invest in video equipment and things like that. And I started a YouTube channel and with time that YouTube channel grew, it went up to 1.3 million subscribers, and it had over 200 million views. Um, but it was closed in March, March 16th, 2020, the middle of the pandemic. You closed it or they closed it? No, YouTube uh, terminated my channel.
0: Yep. And did they give you a because of the nudity?
1: Well, yeah. Um, they, they don't have the ability of distinguishing between non-erotic nudity and, and social
0: nudity. Yeah. And to my understanding, actually looking through the community guidelines, because we, we tried doing the, the YouTube thing, um, there's actually something that goes a little bit deeper than that. But um, I, it seemed as if you were trying to do some kind of um, educational value for but it had nudity in it, then it should be fine. But obviously, you know, hearing from your story right now, you know, I, I guess that that's not the actual case. So it's very unfortunate, though.
1: Well, it's very subjective and it's very difficult for them to um program artificial intelligence to understand nuances or you know
0: a, a human yeah.
1: being can can view the video and and see that it's erotic or not um because they do have a lot of uh, recommendations that they uh mention in order to avoid it being flagged as something pornographic or erotic but i think due to the pandemic there's less human beings able to actually view those videos. So mm-hmm. they rely more on artificial intelligence. And well computers don't do a good job at understanding context.
0: Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: It's fine. I mean, um, up to a certain point, I knew that it was going to happen sooner or later. I was mm-hmm. just surprised that the platform allowed me to grow so much um, mm-hmm. before the channel was terminated. The channel was up since um, 2016, and they terminated this year. Yeah. yeah, so that's three years and a half more or less. Um, and I, I was pretty active. I uploaded at least a video per week um, since we started the crowdfunding campaign that was back in 20, 2017, 2018, I think. Um, so they had hundreds of opportunities to terminate the channel, but they waited
0: till yeah. the pandemic Until- started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, you said that that you're starting a or you started the the non-landed club. Um, can you explain a little bit what uh, the difference between the landed and non-landed clubs are for some people out there who don't understand? Well, we
1: don't have uh, permanent facilities like a, a resort or a club that you can go to at any time. We rely more on uh, private venues that we rent, and we have an event. Normally, it was one once a month uh, before the pandemic started. And the events would attract um, anywhere from 75 to 100 people, uh, the last events that we had. But it was growing pretty quick. Uh, wait one second. It's starting, water's starting mm-hmm. to starting. in. <laughs> I
0: can hear the thunder. Oh, yeah. There. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry about that. So yeah.
1: what was I saying? Uh,
0: oh, the yeah. difference between non-landed and
1: landed and- yeah. So so we basically rent out a place. Uh, we send out invitations, and people arrive, and we have uh, an event. Some events last about eight to ten hours, and other events last during a weekend. Mm-hmm. And you did some time in uh, in Zipilithi, correct? Uh, well, I've been to Zipolite since twenty sixteen, I think, many times. Okay. Um, this during this pandemic, we were like most people locked up at home, weren't able to do anything. And I was running out of ideas of content to create um, at home. So mm-hmm. we decided to spend a month in Cipolita, but not necessarily like vacations, but more like um, like living there a month. Mm-hmm. We did our, our si- social isolation and everything for 15 days. And then um, the The good thing about Cipolita is that it's a very small town. So if there's a case, everyone will find out really quickly.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Now, do you guys do this full-time? And I, and I say you guys, so you and your fiancé, do you guys do this uh, 100% together, or is it mainly just you? Um, well, most of it,
1: it, it's changed over the years. At first, I did this as a, a part-time um, hobby, and then... Mm-hmm. In 2018, um, I quit my job, and I did it quite recklessly because I didn't have any any second plan or any other forms of income. I just depended oh, yeah. on my job. But I thought that if I didn't put myself in a position where I needed to make this work, I wasn't going to make it work. So I, um, I burned my boat, and mm-hmm. the first six months were pretty rough, but then I, I opened a Patreon and I received a ton of support from people that were interested in me continuing the creative process. And um, I've been living off of donations from Patreon since. I, we, we also had very small but some income during the events. But what we wanted to do is constantly reinvest everything that the community produced in order to make it grow, like on paying um, Advertising on Facebook. We we found a creative way through uh, drawings and things like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, just you know helping the community grow and evolve until it came to a point, or we expect it to come to a point where we can afford a landed club. But mm. but it's been growing. There's there's a ton of people that are interested here in Guadalajara, and it's curious because. Guadalajara has uh, the image of being conservative, and I think that it's actually a quite progressive city. Um, and Mexico, in general, has the stigma of being a very Catholic uh, country. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say that when it comes to large cities, people are a bit more open-minded, progressive. And in general, the Mexican culture is very tolerant. So even in, in other places where we've been... Um, like where we walk really far away to get undressed, and people walk by, everyone is very respectful. They actually avoid acting different or weird. (laughs) So good afternoon and and just look down and continue walking. Um, that's been the main, the main response that we've gotten from people. I was afraid that the, there was going to be people burning torches outside of my home, but (laughs) it, it wasn't the case.
0: Well, that's good. Hell yeah. Now, uh, a lot of the people, obviously, the people who come to your events, um, majority of them all from from Mexico, do you get um, do you get people from other countries that come to some of these events or contact you and stuff like that? Well, um,
1: we have had a lot of foreigners, but we're not really focused on foreigners. Mm -hmm. We're more focused on building a community locally. And um, because of that, we don't have a whole lot of information or publicity in English but Mm. i've been focusing a little bit more of my content in english um recently but we we have had contact from people all over the world are interested in what we're doing and stuff my channel actually grew more than i was expecting because you know i started it in spanish and i wanted to be directed to a latin american audience but more and more people that spoke other languages or english started um requesting me to create content in english or you know, subtitle my videos or whatever. And eventually I, I decided to start creating content in English. And actually my Twitter right now, I'm focusing more on an international audience. So most of the content that I'm sharing there also is uh, is in
0: English. Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah, man. Um, have you um, or not have you, I guess. In Guadalajara, because you guys are saying that you guys use a lot of the private venues uh, to throw some of your events, do you guys have any nudist resorts or any type of nudist beaches or anything there? No. Uh, the
1: only nude official nude beach that we have is the one in Cipolite. Okay. Other than that, there's private hotels that allow nudity um, in certain areas of their facilities or by the beach or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, they are high-end hotels directed more towards uh foreign audience um, like canadians or people from europe or people from the us or or whatever um so it's mainly outside of the possibilities of locals to participate in in those events and what we wanted to do is to make it more accessible for everyday person like Mm -hmm. an everyday person that doesn't have to spend a ridiculous amount of money to experience naturism
0: yeah yeah, that's definitely something that, that we find around here. Um, there are uh, countless um, clubs and stuff that you can join, you know, to join uh, this certain event. Or if you want to go to this place, you got to have this membership and they go to this place. So there's actually a place out in, um, in or a, a, not a company, but like a group of friends out in Florida right now trying to start uh, the United Nations uh, Nature's Association. Uh, and pretty much that would be is that they're going to go together with all the clubs around the U.S., um, and pretty much you have this one-time fee of like a, uh, oh, go ahead. United Nations and only in the US? Well, no, no, like starting out. So just to try to get that membership going and stuff like that. Um, um, so what is going to be, oh, sorry, United Natress. That's what it is. Oh, Not okay. United Nations. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I don't know why I said nation. Um, so um, what would happen is is they, they you would just pay like your one-time membership at, at a super mm-hmm. extremely low cost because we are trying to, or they are trying to, kind of go geared more towards the younger generation um and they understand like a lot of us gen- younger generation um don't really have too much money so we can't be spending you know five hundred dollars a month on some kind of membership just so we can go take our pants off you know um so it, it's kind of interesting to see that um you know people trying to come together like that the, all these different clubs try to come together just to try to make it a little bit cheaper for younger people you know
1: yeah, but I do think that naturism has to be profitable in order for it to grow. There's definitely a lot of resources that go into promoting it and um I think that more and more people should be having like living off of this, having a full-time job, and the more economical interest we put into it, the more people are willing to invest into it, the more that we grow as a whole and so on. So money is important, but mm. it can't it, it should be something to fuel it, not something to put it out in the sense that yeah. there's a lot of people that don't have access to a lot of resources. So you have to make it um, accessible. And I think, for example, Bear Oaks with Stefan does a really good job at it. They have really cheap camping um, and really low prices for young people. But people mm-hmm. that are interested in more, a, a more luxurious experience also have the ability to um, to. Ex- to live in a, a more luxurious experience, but you know, they have to pay more money for it yeah. and that money can be reinvested into promoting and attracting more young people and so on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We did have a, not necessarily a problem with that, but we did host a uh, the circus weekend a couple weekends ago and um, there were a couple of people who were kind of, so I think it was like, it was 10 bucks for like the whole event. You know, that was, mm-hmm. and again, it's not to make the profit. It's not, it, it's so. Because how it works, uh, living at all or at all of Dell, um, is we'll go to the membership. Uh, we ask them for let's say $800 to throw a party. Um, when we charge people for a party, it's just to get that money back so we can throw another party. So exactly what you're saying, trying to not necessarily making that huge profit, but just trying to keep everything going, you know. And and I think it's hard for for younger people to kind of understand that. Yeah, you know, of course it would be cool to kind of go and just do something for free and you know take your clothes off. Um, but in order to have stuff like this, you have to buy, you know, a whole bunch of stuff to, that goes into a party. And also the time that goes into
1: the time, the skill, the things that you need, for example, a camera or an iPad or whatever to make the invitations, or there's just so much that goes into it. So I don't think people should do it for free. Um, mm-hmm. because there's an example that, you know, people burn out and when people don't are going through a tough time, if they need to make an income, they're definitely going to leave anything that is not a priority aside. And if you're not making some kind of income, this is definitely not going to be a priority. So you can lose the advance of what um of what has been built. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally think that there should be like a middle ground in, in order for this to work. Not yeah. ridiculously expensive, but also not for free.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, I think uh, one of the topics that gets brought up, too, is, um, well, you know, people say, oh, we can just go to the beach and it's free, or we can just go to Deep Creek or, or whatever hot springs we want to go to, stuff like that. Um, but also, I, I think part of that price that you're kind of paying, in, in a way, um, is you do kind of get that security um, when you do go to some kind of news resort, or you have to, even a non-landing club, stuff like that. Um, you have that community that, that sticks together, that looks out for each other, that Um, which something that I I fell in love with, uh, with your Twitter account, you do talk, um, you talk about creeps a lot. You talk about people who disrespect, not just women, but even just people in general. Um, and I don't know about you, but whenever we visit a nudist resort or a nudist club or something like that, um, there's always been somebody looking out. There's always somebody, you know, keeping away creeps and, and stuff like that. So I think that's also what you're kind of paying for as well is the, is the security and the comfort of, of being in a safe place, you know?
1: Yeah, there's many things that, that go into it. And also, um, building a community isn't free. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of consistency. It takes a lot of hard work. And going to the beach in, in appearance is free, but it's not really free because it's something that is being paid through taxes. You're paying parking. You're paying um, whatever food you consume. You're gas. paying gas or whatever, like the police yeah. that go there. and And also, there's a lot of people that are donating their time, which, you know, isn't really free if you're not paying for something is because someone else is subsidizing it or it's being paid indirectly but in in all sincerity nothing is free and that's something Mm -hmm. that we as a younger generation should understand but also there should be uh, facilities or or not facilities there should be it should be facilitated Mm -hmm. Um, so it it doesn't become something that we can't enjoy but yeah that's that's a, a topic that i learned Um, during this time that I've been promoting naturism. I I did it for so many years for free, and I was um, getting more and more and more in debt because I was investing everything into something that wasn't producing, and it came to a point where that wasn't sustainable. And also, Mm -hmm. during my time as president of the Mexican Federation, I also noticed that uh, people need to see tangible benefits, but they also have to understand that organizations like federations provide untangible benefits that are also equally important and not just something that you can um, experience or taste or see or consume.
0: Yeah. You should definitely just show them like the budget. <laughs> just show them what you guys the flow charts and stuff like that. Um yeah, yeah. We we had because uh, we have meetings once a month for all of Dell, and uh, it, it's really nice if you show up to because any member uh, you know can show up to the meetings. You can see the the annual flow. You can see everything. Um, so you're right. You might not see that tangible, or you might not have that tangible you know object. But when you see, oh hey, we had whatever 300 people visit all of Dell this weekend, and this how much money you know the the resort made or the club made. Um, it, it's kind of beautiful to see it that way, and it, and I really like that perspective that you just showed. Um, you know, having that kind Of that mindset, of yeah, you're not actually physically having anything, but you know, it's kind of helping out naturism in the long run, so yeah, that's cool, man. Um, I do so- think
1: institutions are important, but another topic that I don't know if you want to go into, but some of the institutions are outdated, and um, there's not a whole lot of incentive or, or ability for younger people to get involved or to you know talk to a more similar demographic. And sometimes this makes the movement become old, and I think that affects the continuity and the growth and the acceptance as a whole. It becomes mm-hmm. something that a certain specific group enjoys, but you know, most people don't.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, definitely would like to get on that topic. Um, that's something that we've kind of been trying—not or we've been trying to battle it for a couple of years now. Um, I mean, obviously, me and Elizabeth, we were actually. I want to say we're the youngest people actually live here uh, at all of Dell. And um, it's we kind of got lucky where I, I guess anyway we're kind of just accepting of, of for the most part, everybody, you know, um, we don't really care about age. We don't care about um, gender or anything like that. Um, but it is very nice. It, it is nice to have friends our own age. It's nice to have people that you have something in common with um uh, obviously we hear a, a bunch of amazing beautiful stories from uh, you know from older people and um they are still very respectful it's very very rare that we get an older person who um kind of wants to just keep it how it is you know and doesn't doesn't want us to do anything you know younger here um but it does happen and it's absolutely everywhere that everywhere that we go the the um the the age balance is highly you know with with older people just about everywhere we go and um i don't know i don't necessarily know how that will ever go away. But I do know that we can start we can start bringing in more younger people um, to kind of just balance out that, 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 that age. You know what I mean? I do think that can go away, but we need to put more, we need to facil- facilitate
1: younger mm-hmm. people to assume leadership positions. But it's really difficult because one of the things that a person needs to volunteer or invest into something like naturism is free time. And you mm-hmm. you can't have free time if you don't if you're not financially um, independent or financially yeah. stable. If you're not doing good, then you're focusing on you know getting the the basic needs taken care of or studying or whatever. And older people have more free time that they can you know invest into this. And I feel that's the reason why. So what would be the solution? inspiring and also helping make it possible for younger generations to assume leadership positions, something that I noticed when I first started creating content is that there wasn't a whole lot of people creating content, and now more and more and more people. And that is through the support that you can receive through donations through Patreon, and um, other platforms that allow that. I think Mm -hmm. that if you like a creator, a nature's content creator, the best thing you can do is support them or if they have uh, merch, you can buy off their merch or whatever form of helping them out financially will allow in the long run for this to continue to grow because they're going to inspire more people of their same demographic or younger to to continue. And I think, you know, this is the same thing that happened with anything else on the Internet, on YouTube or on social media in general. One person started doing something and became financially
0: um, successful and then more people followed along. Mm mm-hmm. And uh, I think so you're like about that the the leadership role as well. So even having those uh, you know the older generation in the leadership, something that kind of scared us scared us a couple years ago. Um, I'm not gonna say which association, but um, they asked us if we if we can kind of take over. Uh, you know, it's all volunteer based, it's all that. and we, and we uh, volunteered for it. you know we um, uh, Elizabeth wasn't working for about a year, and then um, I quit my job so I can go to Burning Man. And um, it was like, the, we were like six, six months where it's like, we just got to figure it out. So um, it kind of worked out perfectly. Um, the thing is, though, when we kept bringing, like, hey, you know, we should have like a volleyball tournament, we should, uh, you know, do pool games, or we should have, um, you know, it just is what it is. Like, younger people like to drink. So, you know, we should have, you know, drinks at these parties. So, like that automatically shut down. And they're like, oh, no, no, that, that's not going to work. We can't do that. Um, so we're like, okay, well, we can't come in here. And, and because, this association that they, they want to bring in younger people that they they're like, yeah, you know, how do we get younger people? How do we get, you know, the gender balance to, to be better? I'm like, okay, well this is it. Like this is, and it's not just me and Elizabeth saying this is what we want. This is what we hear, you know, when we visit other resorts, when we talk to other younger people. Um, so when we finally bring it to the table and they shut you down, you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, like now do we have to just create a whole nother association? So now that's going to be another association that, you know, a younger person has to look forward to, or, I know? think that's
1: important that, that you mentioned that because, Part of uh, making it easier for people to be younger people to be in in leadership positions or women or whoever you want. you want to attract more people of the same demographic, you have to allow them the freedom to change things because a mm-hmm. lot of people want to bring younger people into an older environment. They don't want you to change anything in their environment. They just want you to attract younger people. but they they also expect younger people to behave kind of like what they do like to do and it's it's something that's not going to happen yeah younger people have different interests women have different interests people of color have different interests and so on so if you want to uh, bring more people like that then you have to be willing to allow them to change the environment so it could be more interesting suitable fun exciting for
0: for different type of people yeah yeah i don't know man it's a uh definitely a not it's not even really a rough battle i I think what it is i think it just it's it's the younger and the older generation kind of just not on the same page the i think the younger generation is trying to to push for that i I have been within the past two years i have been seeing so many more younger people not just coming to all of dell but i've seen more younger people at the beaches i've seen more younger people at deep creek um, a lot more people like you said uh um when you guys first started your uh your channel and stuff you you would have you know just the just people's butts, you know, in pictures. Now we're seeing a lot more people actually showing their face and and, and actually mm-hmm. representing nudism and, and naturism. And then also something I like to see too uh, in the younger generation too is um, is that people are actually seeing the difference between the, the naturist and nudism or, um, you know, these labels that, that people don't want to have, they at least understand what these labels are. Um, one comment you made the other day uh, on your Twitter, which, which was absolutely amazing, or it wasn't a comment, I think it was a, a question, was like, what is a true true nudist or something like that, right? Um mm-hmm. So, um, but, but it's cool that, that people are asking those questions. People are, um, actually having those conversations and, um, and again, something else that I, I fell in love with your page was, was you're actually going out there and you're, you're standing up against all these creeps and you're, you're, it's, I think that in a way, not necessarily better to have, um, someone like you, pretty much a, a man go out there and be like, Hey, other men, like we can't be commenting like this. You can't be talking like this. You can't, um, you know, cause obviously the women, I, I just feel like they're, they're tired of it. You know, it's, it's, it just seems like an ongoing battle and it's, I, I would never understand because I'm not a woman, you know, but um, from what I hear from other women, from what I hear from Elizabeth, it seems like it, it would just be very, very frustrating, you know, you're trying just to prove this point of, um, hey, you know, I'm just naked, you know, it's like, oh, you know, nice boobs, oh, nice ass, nice. it's like, dude, like, you would never say that shit if, if, if you're in front of her, so why would you say it, you know, on the screen, you know, and luckily we've gotten, we've gotten good at where we just block the person, like, it's very easy just to block somebody, uh, um, but I have been kicked off of Instagram before cause, um, at the beginning I would go after those people and I wouldn't be like super mean or anything. I would just be like, Hey, listen, I understand you don't understand the, the difference between, you know, nudism and sexuality and, um, you know, but it is very rude that you're talking to my girlfriend that way. blah." blah. And then they would block me and it. it. So it was just a whole, now it's just easier just to just block them and that's it. <laughs> so
1: I think that it's, it's really complicated phenomenon because it's something that has been going on for thousands of years and men have never, we've never really been questioned on our status quo or on the benefits we experience or on the privileges we have. So it's mm-hmm. an its an uncomfortable conversation to have. But mm-hmm. I feel that the most effective way is having the discussion, but in a, in a positive way. I think we can yep. have a negative incentive or a positive incentive and I know that there's some people who just are not interested in, in changing and they're not going to so i don't i would I don't invest energy in people that way, but I do use those people as an example to expose a certain situation that we can start a conversation. And I'm sure there's hundreds of more people that that are able to read the message and to follow the thread and the conversation and so on, they they might not participate, but whatever they're like they're learning, and mm-hmm. eventually some of that will stick on. And eventually some some of that will change the way that they behave. And yeah. it's funny because for me, is ironic. It's like, OK, so you want to see more women in naturism, but you don't want to change your creepy behavior that is making them feel <laughs> uncomfortable. So in a way, you're like scaring away women and you want to see more women. So it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you have to be dumb not to understand that you are the reason why they're not participating and, mm. and then complain about it or I don't know, it's just what I really like about Twitter um, is that it's a, it's a very public, very open forum where you can start conversations and anyone um, can can participate. And I think that lowers the, the barrier. And a thing that I don't like about naturism in general is that we like to create fenced environments. We like to create uh, big walls where no one can see us and no one can threaten us and no one can make us feel uncomfortable. And I don't think seclusion or at least um, seclusion in social media is is something that we want because how do we expect to promote naturism if we're creating echo chambers where you know, everyone who participates is already part of the community and they're already convinced and they already understand? What we need to do is we need to make the message more accessible, more mainstream. We need to um, share more and we need to be willing to put ourselves out, out there to be to represent, like you said, uh, naturism. and mm. the more that we act like it's something normal, people will will start to believe it's something normal.
0: Yeah, but which and yeah, I'm actually really glad you you brought that up. The, the the normal part of it, you know, um, I because I, like like I said, when we first started this, I would get really upset with those people who would make those comments. i would get really mad at people who'd send me, you know, pictures of their dicks or whatever, or you know, asking for I, for some reason I don't know why people like to they'll send me a picture of their wife or their girlfriend and then ask me for a picture of, of my girlfriend. I'm like, one, I didn't ask for that. Two, I see naked people every single day. So it's like, that's not doing anything. Like that, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, and, and three, what, like what gives you the right to think that, that, that she, one, she even wants to send you a picture or anything. Like that Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> where was I going with that? Um, Shit, where was I going with that? Damn, it, I do this sometimes. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to. I just keep talking and talking and talking. Um, I'm sorry. What were we talking about? Um, oh, okay. Like there you go. Normal. Yeah. So, um, so at the beginning, I would get very upset. Um, and then after about a year, I started. Okay, I'm like, all right. Let me try to listen to these people. But yeah, they're, they're kind of making me feel bad. Um, you know, making me angry. But let me un- let me try to understand what they're where they're coming from. You know, um, because. I don't believe that, that there's more bad people out there than there are good people. I, I really do believe that there's more good people who truly want to be good. Um, so I think something that kinda of broke down a little bit was because nudity has always been linked to sex. So so once you're when you're like a younger uh a younger person. Okay. Um, obviously when you're a child, you, you're either just naked or like, there's no sexual anything, you know? Um, then once you start, um, getting into like your teenagers years, that's when I, I think I you know, like the porn kind of starts popping up or something like that. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, your kind of your first experience with nudity in your like kind of adult life, um, has for the most part would be porn. You know what I mean? Um, so I think once you actually get into that fully adult life, so when you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, uh, even some of these older people, you know, in their 70s, 80s, um, all they've ever known was just nudity and porn, you know. Um, so now that it's becoming more normalized to them in their head, it's still just porn, even though they're not doing anything sexual or anything like that, you know. So so I, I try to just understand that that these people, they don't know, like, the difference between between both of them, you know.
1: I think there's a lot of that. There's a lot of education, I feel. I don't personally go into categories of good or bad or or evil or anything like that, because I feel that sometimes it distorts reality. I I, I try to see things as simple phenomenons or or things that are happening that obey a reason or context or whatever. Um, So what I try to do is I try to also understand and I, you know, I'm 28 years old. I first lived my experience when I was 24. But being honest, one of the main reasons why I thought the World Naked Bike was interesting was because I was going to get to see naked women. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of my motivations. But as soon as I experienced it and more the more that I've learned about it, the more people I've had conversations with, the more I've been part of the community, uh, the less that that has anything to do with my motivation now and it it doesn't matter if you know wanting to see naked people is the reason why you initially start, but I really hope that that's not the reason why you stay because if yeah. that's the reason why you stay you're you're definitely going to um, make it much more difficult for more people to want to participate um because no one likes to be objectified or treated like a piece of meat and and i think that's an, another important thing that i learned through naturism that i had the opportunity of having these type of conversations with women and i asked them what they thought about certain situations how they felt why it was so difficult and they they would constantly tell me that it had to do because they didn't want to be objectified because they didn't want to be threatened because they didn't want to be judged because you know they didn't want not to meet other people's or to meet other people's expectations and so on so through those conversations, I learned that, you know, that this is this is something that is causing harm, it's causing damage, and I have to be responsible for what my actions cause, and, and I have to make a change if I want to um, create an environment that more people can enjoy and experience the same um, liberty or the same, you know, uh, empowerment or everything that I experience or other, other things that other people can experience um, because of social nudity. So it has a lot of, uh, to do with, with help, helping people be more empathetic, understanding mm. the consequences that their behavior has on others. Because as you mentioned, I don't think many people actually want to cause harm actually want to hurt people, actually want to make them feel uncomfortable. There is a couple that enjoy it, but I wouldn't say that majority do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you think, so do you think it, it should be, how do I say this? Do you think it should be more of those women or more women trying to to kind of be in the front lines of, of what people should or what men should or shouldn't say? Or do you think, I mean, I know kind of know the answer to this, but do you think it should be more of a collective where both men and women are fighting off, you know, Men or women, you know, who are making those oh, rude comments, you know, objectifying and stuff like that.
1: I think both are important. You know, it's really important for women to express that they don't feel comfortable in a certain situation or, you know, um, because the more they express it, the more people that will hear it from them. I could say whatever I want, but I'm not a, a woman. I, I, I don't know what they feel. I've never been, yeah. you know, objectified or cat called or you know that kind of stuff all my life so i i can't relate to that Mm -hmm. but if i say it other other guys are going to probably think that i'm a jealous man that that i don't want them to objectify my my woman or whatever you know that type of mentality so it's it's important for us to say it as men but it's also important for women to say it So i think it's more important for women to say it Mm -hmm. and we can we can um, back them up pretty much back them up and communicate it. And also, you know, I don't understand why people feel the need to express what they feel about other people's bodies. Um, no one cares if you like something or not. Why? Yeah. It, it's not like the person is waking up every morning wanting to receive your affirmation or, you know. Yeah.
0: Oh, I hope I, that uh, that Brian comes in, you know, says that I have a hot body today, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I, I don't understand why people complain so much about it. It's like, just keep it to yourself. No one gives a damn if you like something or not, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Your opinion you can... is
1: irrelevant. Shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's with that. And then also, like, the people with the sending pictures of their wieners. I'm just like, dude, like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? That, that Elizabeth's going to be like, oh my God, that is the best wiener I've ever seen. Like, please come over here right now. Like, like, what, what's going on in their head? Or, you know, it also could be part of that. What is it? The, um, the expeditionists or whatever I think it is, people would just like to have people see them. It's like, I, I don't know, it's it's just it's just weird. And I, I don't understand it, you know, it's- No, it's kind
1: of like catcalling. I've, catcalling was, it's something that's starting to change because there's a lot more um, activism going on, bringing awareness and, and the Me Too movement and all those things have made a, a pretty positive impact on everyday society here in Mexico. But catcalling has always been a really big problem And I don't understand why men do that. It's like, why do you feel the need to express to a random stranger that is minding their own business in the middle of the street that you consider them to be highly attractive and that you will do whatever to them? It's like, really, what what goes on in your head? I've never seen a woman actually stop and say, oh, thank you, here's my number, call me here. On the contrary, if if you if you're interested in hooking up with someone, that's like the worst possible way to do it. So yeah, why why do it? And it might have something to do with a power dynamic, like being able to uh, express yourself like I don't know. I think it's, it's a way to say i'm I'm more
0: powerful than you or I'm more in control of the situation than you or. I don't know.
1: I don't understand. it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, even if that's the case that that's even on a deeper scale too, cause they probably got something going on in their own, again, not trying to justify their actions, but I think stuff like that, that's kind of, ha- that's what happens like bowling and stuff like that. You got something going on within yourself. You either are at work, somebody, you know, treats you like you're a piece of shit and you know, your only feeling of power is to tell that woman, God, you know, or whatever, you know, nice yeah. butt or whatever, you know? Um, and, and you know, and that's, I, that's kind of what's what I try to break down. Whenever I see a certain problem, it's I always try to see like what is the actual root cause of of all these problems. You know, the the root yeah. cause of of these people making these comments, the root cause of people catcalling stuff like that. Um, you know, but unfortunately, there's way too many people out there, and I mean, I'm only one person. And even in the naturist, um communication or community, you know, there's only let's say a million of us out there. You know, we can't fight or we can't fight everybody. You know, what I mean, we can't we can't help every single person out there that has something. Um, you know, deep inside them, which makes them do, you know, mean or nasty things to other people, you know? So yeah. it's just, but, um, but I feel like, like, like doing the, the nudism and, and expressing a little bit more, maybe that can kind of help send it out there to the masses. And, and hopefully if people stumble upon it and they, they really do try nudism to their, to their fullest, then, you know, I, I think it really could, I mean, nudism as much as I love it and, or I'm not just saying it just because I love it. I absolutely love it with all my heart. <laughs> um, I really do believe that it could change the world. I mean, it, it's it's such a simple thing. It's so it, it's so like I'm getting goosebumps just fucking thinking about it. You know, it's a, uh, it's just so beautiful. We've met so many beautiful people, and and we see people like you out there, like like trying to to, to promote it. Trying it's just so full of love and so, so full of acceptance. And I, I truly wish that every single person in the world can can try it, or at least try living by the values of that that naturism has, you know, to offer. You know,
1: I definitely think that. The first thing that people should take control of if if they want to really be empowered is their body. And it, I think what we're trying to do is to break uh, like a systematic way of controlling people. Um, we're we're also changing from a more restrictive prohibition based um, paradigm into a more uh, human rights, people having the freedom to choose. Um, you know, diversity and things like that. A lot of things that have been imposed to us are being questioned by society and, you know, especially by younger people. And I think that the first thing that we need to take control of is our body. And that's something that naturism allows us to do. It allows us to to take control of of something that was taken away from us. Um, Now we have a choice and it is it is a little bit difficult to promote naturism, but I, I feel like it's going to happen anyway It's like if, if mm. we're not doing it like you and me and, and other people this will eventually become uh, a social norm because it's Logical that eventually people will question the toxic relationship that we have with our bodies and how over sexualizing has a lot of negative effects on self-esteem on on body perception on even sexuality like having mm-hmm. unrealistic standards of what a person's body should look like or how it should function or things like that. Um, there's just so many benefits to it. And at the, same, the same as you, the reason why I started sharing this is because I couldn't understand how I enjoyed something so much that was not available for everyone. Yeah it's like, why Why am I the only, or why are we the only people able to enjoy something so cool? Why can't we, you know, make this accessible for everybody? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, I think I said on the last podcast too, I'm, I'm almost, or I am a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the people that have come here and like that I've met that tried it, they always come back. I haven't had one person. I mean, there's been, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that, you know, you're you know, it's gonna be perfect every single time you go. Nobody's gonna look at you at the nudist beach or uh, anything like that. But you meet so much more positive, or you meet, you have so much more positivity that that comes out of this. So I I don't think that that fear of something might happen should stop you from 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 trying nudism. You know. So.
1: I agree, I agree, and I think more and more people are are willing to try it. But I've also noticed that there's people who when they find out about it they're immediately interested and sometimes they might have to overcome certain barriers but they yeah. they really want to do it and they eventually do but there's other people who are either not interested or just see it as something so difficult that they decide it's not worth you know the the effort yeah. um but it also you know as more and more people do it and as more and more people speak about it openly and, and treat it as something normal um the more people that will be willing to join in it's, it's kind of like when you see someone having a really good time and you're like, Oh, I'd like to have a really good time. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you start, you join the party and then more and more people go in and they're like, Oh, this is cool. This is
0: great. Now there's two people having a good time. Now there's four people having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know, man. I, I I think, I, I think you're doing an absolutely amazing job. I I love all the content that you post. (laughs) You're just, and I, I, I know, I kind of wanted to bring up a little bit just because i i because I, I get the question a lot too that the, the true nudism um if you really wanted to know what defines a, a true nudist, true nudist or whatever you want to call it um and this is just for my own um you know personal laughter I guess you are to me a definition of a true nudist you you just you have such such acceptance such such knowledge such it, it's absolutely amazing and I know you don't want to use the word true nudist or that no um, I don't, again this I, is this is just for for jokes but um yeah
1: i you know i don't like the the responsibility that it uh, having like true behind mm-hmm. whatever um has because i don't feel like i don't feel like you should have role models like in the sense of admiring someone you you should learn from the good things that they do and you should learn from the bad things that people do and you know try not try to imitate the good um I don't think I'm doing anything special. I just feel like I'm bringing, I'm trying to normalize something that people say that is normal, but act like it's not. So what I'm trying to do is present it in a way that it is actually normal. And I have my flaws. I have my, you know, I, I think differently. I have my interests and things like that. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't like the, the moral superiority that comes with the title true. I don't consider no. myself to be true
0: or anything. <laughs> it, I don't well, know if I can I like explain that. it. That's good. No, no, no. That it makes a hundred percent sense. Um, and that's why I, I like that that question that when you post on there because I wanted to see what, what people were going to say with that. Um, I, I know that we get that a lot, or not we get a lot, but we hear it a lot in, in the community. Like, oh, you know, that, that's a true nudist, right? There. Oh, that's a naturist. That that's this. Well, how about we all just tear our clothes off? And 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 that's you know that, that can really just be all it is. And it because. I feel one of the things that even that pushes people away um, from trying nudism or naturism uh, is the actual word nudist or naturist. You know, you, uh, a lot of people, especially younger people, think of a nudist. They think of a nude beach. They think of back in you know, where it's just a whole bunch of old, um, old guys, you know, on the beach. And, you know, that that's not what it is, you know. Um, so once that's why, like, even when we introduce this place to people that we meet, um you know we say it is a nudist resort you know but all we do is we just kind of like whatever like if we're at a dinner setting or something like that we just tell them we kind of just do this but we're just naked that's all it is you know there's no sexual anything you know uh we'll go down to the the bar we'll have a drink you know play pool play darts we'll go swimming and that's it you know and then that's really all it has to be and i i think labels kind of um they hype a lot of things up for for a lot of people or they have a, a lot of false positives for or uh, well, I guess it would technically be a false negative um, for what the idea would, would be for for nudism, you know
1: I think that's that's a very I don't know I've noticed that that's a phenomenon that occurs mainly in countries where naturism has been around for a long time because mm. it's it's a outdated movement But we don't really have that problem in Latin American countries or in Mexico and so on because oh, cool. up until recently People didn't even know of the possibility of being able to not wear any clothes like it was something that it was just so beyond them that When they hear it, they do associate it with something sexual, but they don't have any type of expectation of of what it is So it's a really good area of opportunity because whatever you share uh, To them like whatever you tell them it is It's what they conclude that it is because they don't have any like historical baggage as other countries um, do I think concepts are interesting to help us understand or try to understand reality like they they serve as a point of reference Mm -hmm. um but we should never use concepts to uh, segregate divide or exclude or try to control other people um, in the sense of wanting them to do what i consider to be correct or not um so i think that that's that's the problem that sometimes we abuse concepts in order to say that I'm better than you it's because mm-hmm. I am a true naturist because you're just a, a Random guy that likes to get naked on in the beach, but I serve as part of, of like, you know that, yeah, that kind yeah. of mentality um, yeah. And for all those who don't understand it, I was being sarcastic <laughs> I, I know what you mean Yeah, so so I think that's the problem and that's why a lot of a lot of times young people are put off by these terms but I also feel like concepts are important, as a, like a movement, we we have to have some kind of guidance that um, can can serve as a compass to tell us in what direction to go. So I do think the philosophy is really valuable and really important. Yes, but we also have to understand that not everyone is interested or believes in or you know, wants there to be a philosophy behind it. Some people simply enjoy taking off their clothes and that's mm-hmm. also important and valid and we shouldn't, um,
0: you know, Oh, they can't them. come to this event cause they're not a yeah. like nudist, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, cool, man. Well, uh, we're going in at about an hour now. Um, is there anything else that you might want to bring up before we, uh, kind of shut this down? Mm, no,
1: uh, I, I I'm happy that you guys are doing this. I think that this type of conversations are really, really important, really valid. Mm-hmm. I like the format of, of podcasts because it allows you to express a lot of things. Um, I feel that social media like Twitter or you know other platforms are very limited and it's really hard to have like a context of what's going on. Like for example, you see a post but you probably don't know that um, I'm posting it for a reason or I, I wanna get a certain type of message out there or whatever and i think this type of platform is very valuable because it allows you to have you know more in-depth conversations or or be able to explain what you're doing a little bit more so i want to thank you guys for the invitation the opportunity of expressing some of these thoughts and and i hope you guys you know continue to do this for
0: for a longer time well thank you very much man and we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to to talk to well talk to me i know it's not us today but um <laughs> Are you, are you, have you ever thought about starting a podcast?
1: I have, I, I actually you should
0: do it, dude. That'd be awesome.
1: It, it sounds very interesting, but I have a problem with being consistent. I have like a ton of projects going on and, oh, okay. and I sometimes like I'm very passionate. So I, I go really deep into something and then it just comes to a point where I feel like, okay, I want to do something else. And then, I don't know I I just have a hard time doing that and I've had a hard time with podcasts specifically I've tried Mm. like three times to start a podcast but I I haven't been consistent the only thing that I've been consistent with is creating content like through through videos and things like that Um, pictures Mm. uh, social media like but I also can't have multiple social medias at one time because I just get overwhelmed I I don't know um, no,
0: I, I know exactly where you're coming from. I, I have so many of these little, so I've had to start focusing. So I, I like to rock climb. That, that's like my absolute mm-hmm. everything. That's, that's why I put all my energy into, but then I started getting into like woodworking. And then like the other day we just cut down one of our, our, um, marijuana plants. So mm-hmm. I started making rope out of the, out of the stock. And so I'm like, I, I can't even take this over. Cause then if I do that, then I'm not going to rock climb. If I do that, then I'm not going to woodwork. And then, um, but exactly like that. And even with like these podcasts, the, this is so it's between like rock climbing and then like these podcasts I, I just love conversations i love talking to people i love hearing stories um so i actually have the passion for it and i feel like if you have a passion for something uh it makes it a little bit easier to stay on top of it you know what i mean not saying that you're not passionate about all the other um activities that you do um but i feel like when you find like that that like that biggest you know that big passion you'll yeah. like like if i don't rock climb i like my stomach hurts you know what i mean like it, it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous you know um, and I don't have very many things that my stomach hurts if I don't do it, you know? So, yeah. um, well, that's cool, man. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. Uh, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, if you don't mind, maybe just send, or you could, um, tell everybody kind of where we can find you at on Twitter or Instagram. Um, and also along with your, your Patreon account so that hopefully people can help, uh, help donate to, to keeping this cause moving. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you guys could find me on Twitter at
1: underscore Hector underscore MTZ. It's like the abbreviation of Martinez. And you can also find me in Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hector MTZ. Um, I basically promote a naturist lifestyle. Um, more than naturism, I want to focus on giving people the opportunity of enjoying uh, like social nudity and feeling comfortable in their own skin and so on. So I create a lot of uh, content related to that. And right now I've been focusing more on... Twitter, since they eliminated my YouTube channel, but it's also giving me the opportunity to um, build more of or help build more of a community and start conversations and things like that. So I try to make it as um, interesting as possible. So if you guys want to join in conversations, share your points of view, or or whatever, I think that that would be valuable for all of us.
0: Hell yeah, man. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Everybody, this is uh, Hector Martinez. Thanks, man. Let me stop recording this real quick so I don't lose it. (laughs) Sure.